And welcome back to another episode of Grounded with Brandon and Craig. My name is Brandon. And I'm Craig. Welcome back. Welcome home. Well, thank you. Good to be back. Good to be... Is it? Yeah. Good okay. to be back. Good to be back. I think uh, he's lying, everybody. It, but went, to, it went way too fast. Um, it always does. I uh, told Anita, I was like, I could use another day, week, month. <laughs> yeah. I mean, something we like that. You know how it is. I'm sure there are people that think the same thing. Like, man, I could use more of a vacation from Craig. <laughs> uh, I, I no doubt you're 100% correct. I'm not one of them, but I am. You are. You <laughs> yeah, need, I could use I need a, a vacation, vacation from myself. myself. <laughs> exactly. I get that way with myself <laughs> exactly. sometimes too. Ever just wear yourself down? Oh my goodness. So yeah, we had a good time. Uh, camped up in Amish country. Ate the Amish food. Oh yeah. Did the Amish things, and um, we did. Uh, we took our bikes with us and went on. The, uh, that, um, I can't remember the name of the trail, but it's, uh, it used to be an old rail, rail line. Okay. And so the Amish use it to cut through instead of going through like downtown Millersburg. And right. So it's really nice. Um, but we actually rode about 12, 15 miles and. Wow. It was good. Um, beautiful day. Picked a perfect day. Mm. Um, um, passed a lot of Amish people and got passed by Amish people. They passed us on bikes because they're, they're riding on those battery operated, um, electric bikes. I, they're solar. They're, they charge them with solar. Yes. Did you know that? Yep. So, um, but yeah, it was, it, we had a good time. Good. Good to be back. Got woke up one night with, uh, torrential downpours. I did. We did that. We, 12 hours of, or 14 hours of straight rain at one point. We were in the camper and, Never had that much rain. I feel like that's camper. kind of probably a soothing sound being in the it camper. It is very soothing. I, like, I, won't I could just sleep for I 10 slept. more hours. Yeah. I slept a long time. I'm sure you did. I, I did. I slept a long time. Yeah. And he even came back and checked. She's like, are you still breathing? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got it too here the one morning and I mean, lightning and thunder and just loud. And oh. not a one of my kids woke up through it. Really? Like I have no idea how they didn't wake up, but they didn't. Yeah. But yeah, it, it poured down the rain that well, day. Well, we heard it. I'm sure. Man, that one night it was that crack of the thunder. I oh, was yeah. like, whoa, what is that? Uh-huh. And so, um, where, where we camped, it's an RV park. It's called Berlin RV Park. Really good place to go. And, um, but it's really close to the main road there that goes between Millersburg yes. and Berlin. Yep. Berlin. Berlin. And they say so Berlin. they, uh, the thing that's bad about it is those trucks coming down, they'll jake on you. And it is so annoying because I don't need to do that like that. And right. So, uh, but I think they like the sound of it, truthfully. But it's not fun when they're doing it two o'clock in the morning. Exactly. Right. So, but anyway, uh, it was good. It was good to get back home and, uh, beautiful day and heard, uh, watched yesterday. Um, didn't get to watch it all in one setting, but I did get to watch. And so good job yesterday for you and, to those who, uh, Jocelyn and, um, Christy, Christy right? Yep. Yeah. Who led and uh, you guys did a, a great job and, um, things look, uh, it's amazing how things look different on the live stream than mm-hmm. when they do on when you're actually here. Exactly. And, uh, but it's good to be connected. And I, I just always appreciate watching the, uh, cause I don't really view it until I'm need to view it. Sometimes I'll watch it, but it's just, it, you appreciate it because you do stay connected and for you, sure. Um, it looks good. Yeah. I mean, it looks really good. Yep. Um, so, um, just good, good, good production. And, um, and I'll, I'll say it again. The TV looks ginormous. The thing looks ginormous up there. And, um, that's not the, uh, stand I stand behind, right? No, because I, I, all you can see is my nose and eyes over it. Dude, stand on your tippy toes. I'm a midget. (laughs) 
Yeah. So you listened to it in two segments. Is that because you had to, because you were falling asleep because my sermon went so long or? Yeah, it did go long. I, I don't ever, don't ever. Well, I mean you ever. Okay. So here's the deal. Don't ever, ever. And I mean ever talk about me going over ever you again. ever you had banked so many minutes over the past few weeks that yeah, I was but that's like, my account bro not yours but i had the account number so i was able to tap into it and was like i'll use some don't of you minutes. tap into it when you pray yeah but i kept my prayer short this week this week <laughs> yeah i may second service i went over like seven minutes and something well you're right with me the week before i was like six so mm-hmm. true yeah yeah <laughs> Everybody's like, yes. We were we just know. competing. We're just yes, competing. We yeah, right. <laughs> Craig's like, I went six something over. I'm like, <laughs> I went seven. <laughs> Hold my coffee. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I, I don't think it was as long as you think it was. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, it was good though. It was like 40 minutes. It was right at 42 minutes or yeah. so. Yeah. And when you think about it, 42 minutes is really not that long. If you think about it, I mean, oh, I could talk 42 minutes without oh, even breathing. I know you could. At least that's what my I've wife, heard you. My wife would tell you that. I've actually heard you talk forty straight minutes one, without, one breath. without one breath. One breath. <laughs> it's a talent. God, it's a God given gift. Uh, you are as God made you, right? Exactly. <laughs> I can't deny it. But no, it was good. I thought you did a good job. I thought um, I thought it was um, it was good, and it will uh, give us a little uh, springboard in a yeah. couple of weeks as we jump into. Uh, um, the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. written in stone and looking forward to that. So when you guys come into the church house on the 17th, yes, that weekend, you'll, we'll have a new graphic for the sermon series mm-hmm. and don't be surprised if We're, you we see, may, we may have a special guest around. Might, we have a special guest. I'm not yeah. saying Chuck Heston's going to be actually here, but he might be here. He might be here. Yeah. It's going to be so good. We'll see. We will see. We'll see. Right. We'll see. Yeah. So I heard yesterday. I knew this was happening anyway, but I, you mentioned this yesterday uh, during the uh, message that um, you got the uh, Ten Commandments to watch. Did you watch it? Uh, not yet, okay. but I did. Randy Neal, thank you very much. Yeah. Brought me the DVD. Okay, um, things like he's. Like, is it the extended version? I, it's it's split into two DVDs. Of course it is. Um, and so he was like, "This is like three and a half hours long." So. I'm going to make my kids sit down and watch it with me. It's going to be awesome. (laughs) They're going to be waiting for it to go from black and white to color like the Wizard of Oz does. It's like it's never going to (laughs) happen. Exactly. And there is so many big stars in the 50s from this movie. Uh, But it's it's done very well. And um, But um, the only thing that I think I don't – like with. about it yeah. is the relationship with Moses and Pharaoh. I think it would be a little bit more. I know what we read in the Bible. I know the words are there, right? But I also know that there that these two had a relationship. You, you so, can yeah, yeah look into the history of exactly. That. Yeah. So they grew up in the same place and mm-hmm. all that. So I think the um, if you've ever seen the movie as Prince of Egypt, Prince of Egypt, I think that that movie, even though it's a cartoon, depicts the relationship with Moses and Pharaoh, um, what it's supposed to be. Correct. But um, anyway, so it'll be interesting to to do that. So we won't be here Sunday. We will not be here Sunday, and we will not be podcasting Monday. I just found that out. Right? Somebody has to take Labor Day. (laughs) He's going to Dublin Methodist. I'm going to – I hope not. (laughs) I hope not, too. (laughs) No, we're not – we won't be podcasting Labor Day, but we will not be here on Sunday. We'll be heading down to – we're heading to the Richwood Fair, Mm -hmm. and that's at the – 
Bokes Bokes Creek, Creek Pavilion. Pavilion. If you did not get a pass yet, you can still get them. So don't think you can't come. But you do need a pass. You can stop by the church office or just call. If you can't get here, we can leave them for you somewhere. And uh, and in but, the past, on Sunday morning, we have left passes on the doors. We have. So if anybody comes in, it's like, oh, we're not here, but you can join us at the fair. So Exactly. That is, notice the time change, uh, 10 o'clock instead of 1030. So the fair service, you know what that means, don't you? I do know what that means. You know what follows the fair service? Pretty much. You got it. Yeah. So I don't understand how well we do a fair and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, the Christmas series is starting right next week. Am I wrong? No, not at all. I mean, it just uh, it seems like we jump from fair right into Christmas. I know it's crazy just how fast the year goes, especially this this guy. This guy sitting across from me. This guy on the twenty fifth of August sent me a. A snap or something that said we are four months to the day till Christmas. I'm and like, I sent what? you and I like unwrapping presents, our bitmojis. It was awesome. <laughs> Pretty sure he sent me an eye roll bitmoji back. Oh my goodness, four months. That's not that long. It's not that long. Nope, it's a quarter I mean, of the year. I, really? I, I, which means we are over three quarters of the year gone. We're gonna, we, I'm gonna have to start working on Christmas. <laughs> yes. We'll have to come up with a name. Oh, my gosh, yeah. But, well. but no, it, it was a good day yesterday. Um, got the chance to um, to baptize three ladies after um, after second service out at their house, and so that was— In a pool. In a pool. Um, it was chilly. Like, oh, I bet. Yeah, it was with all the rain we've had and stuff. Two were my waiters. Um, did not wear the waiters. See, that's— uh, yeah, I prefer to baptize the way John the Baptist baptized. Well, that's not the way he did it. No, he baptized in waiters. He baptized in waiters. Probably the same brand you had they were made. They were made of, like, animal skin, but they were waiters. No, you may not be wrong. I, I might be close. You could be close. I'm close. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to get in that water. Everybody else has been in that water. Um, but no, baptized Brooke and Ellie Kiever um and um brooks mom lisa as well and so just a great um, opportunity i know you've been talking with them and and weren't able to be there so i i stood in for you and oh i think i i well i was gone and she texted me so we want to do it sunday and and so i got got in touch with you and she's like oh brandon would be great so um they're like we've known brandon for years oh yeah yeah so there you go so So, i was glad you were able to do it because um that that makes the connection good it was good yeah and and it's neat because brooke is uh jordan's history teacher this year and so jordan is really enjoying her class good so That's that awesome. I, I like that. So um glad glad you were able to do that and glad they glad they made that decision. So if you see them and know them, tell them congratulations yep. and um you know, give them a hug and encourage them a little bit. And um we've had quite a few baptisms over the last um we several have. weeks. Uh, we have eleven or twelve or something. So um you're like John the Baptist actually. You've been doing all this. Well baptism. you were you were ahead of me. Maybe. Because all I had was Christian, and uh, you you kind of took the lead. But I think there. I may have just leapfrogged you again. You may have. I've got four now I for the it. year. I think you've. Got so we're four. competing for baptisms now. Oh yeah, it, it, we compete it, for time and now baptisms. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just a friendly competition. Okay. <laughs> so. Oh man, so I didn't get my espresso espresso today. Espresso. So no, I'm, I'm, I was a little. Um, I feel a little denied. I'm sorry. I would have. 
I would have done it. If you would have asked. He would have done it. I've drank sure. three quarters of a pot of coffee. I did not have your coffee, but I, I am drinking Black Rifle, and you are actually drinking. I'm drinking Baltic Mornings from the Baltic Coffee Company. That's the one that mom and dad brought us from okay. Amish country. And I told you, I'm like, I figured I'm less than two weeks out. I'm, what, 12, 11, 12 days out from running my half marathon in Berlin. And so I thought, you know, what better way than to drink coffee from from Amish country? And you did it. I did it. So um, you are you going up the night before? We are. Okay. We're going up the night before. I've, I'm going to go ahead, rather than trying to get there super early on that Saturday and get my packet picked up and everything, we'll go. They do a packet pickup that evening as well. And are you staying at a hotel? Or? Uh, we got an Airbnb house, okay. so it, it's, it looks kind of nice. So we're going to go up and enjoy some good old Amish food. We may go to Mrs. Yoder's. Oh, Mrs. Yoder's. I was there this week, and um, I loved it. Um, we're going to go somewhere. We just haven't decided where yet. If you like meatloaf, they got fabulous meatloaf. Uh, they got fabulous everything. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, so, I landed on the meatloaf though, bro. Yeah. It was good. But I figured I'd go up and carb up and be stuffed and then go get my rest so I can run 13 miles the next day. I'm not looking forward to it as much as. Yes, he is. Yeah. He'd get his Richard Simmons shorts on. You know his it. Little tank top, low cut. And Those things are pink with sequins on them. I that? know they are. And he's yeah. going to have, how's that work with the Amish people? I mean, they look at you like, who is that girl? A oh, guy. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually wearing um, a, a wig that looks like I've got permed hair. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know what? That's what I ought to be for Halloween. <laughs> you should do it. <laughs> You should do it. You know what you should do at, for the fair service? Get one of those and stand up and leave. Oh, with that. no way. Yeah, we, that's supposed to be honoring to God. I, somehow I don't feel like that would be honoring to God whatsoever. <laughs> so, but no, I am oh, looking forward man. to, to the half marathon. I'm just not as prepared as I want to be, but that happens when you have setbacks and foot injuries right. and, and things like that. So, oh, for it is sure what it, it is. Does. Yeah. I still have a little bit of foot pain, but I'm just kind of working through it and, and we're getting there, but. But no, it was quiet around here last week with with you gone. It was it was kind of weird, was it? But I, it it was what I needed because I was behind the eight ball working on my sermon. Yeah, but you got it done though. I did get it done, and I got it done in in enough time. Yeah, you know, Randy didn't you know yell at me or anything like, "Where's the outline?" I bet he was waiting though. Not that he would yell at me anyways, but yeah. Well, he was probably waiting because uh I had already sent the outline for the first uh written in stone, so right? um I know he was sitting there like fingers clicking, uh-huh. thumbs twiddling, like, Hey, where's Brandon? Where's Brandon? I kept in contact with him. I communicated, I was like, Hey, just to let you know, I'm working. It will be there. He was like, No problem. Randy's laid back. He's he's great. Gotta soak my feet, gotta knit some more. Got to make him another Afghan, but I'll get this done for you, Randy, before Sunday. Yeah. You forgot about icing my feet. <laughs> icing your feet, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, did, um, so you're going to be going up on that Friday and coming back then Saturday. Just Saturday afternoon, yeah. yeah. So that'll be fun. There's, apparently there's a rib fest that day as well. Ooh. So I get a free bowl of noodles after the race, but I may be looking for some good ribs if they've got them. I'm sure they do. That's the thing. It's so hard to eat barbecue other places when i can do it just as good as most of those places but but this should be like a competition deal so i I bet there's some good ribs gonna be hanging around (laughs) i'm sure so are you uh are you entering into any uh contest at the fair this this week you doing blueberry pie blackberry pie german chocolate cake are you doing i am not my wife was trying to get me uh, because jocelyn uh, is entering a German chocolate cake. I never got to taste it, so. It was good. It was good. Um, 
I hate to tell her mine's better, but you know, oh, I just, I throw boom, down, boom, boom, I boom, throw boom. down the gauntlet. We we may just need to have a competition here. Oh, um, oh, I think it's on. But but you know, I, I was like, I don't know that I want to do that because you got to pay for your entry, and then you got to make the cake. And German chocolate cake, honestly, making it from scratch is one of the most expensive cakes to make. I think. oh, I bet. And um, and I knew that you know I've got. Can I, can I ask you a question? Are we going to see any German chocolate cake? Well, this that's week? what I was going to say. I knew that I have a German chocolate cake that I'm going to have to make. Uh, we'll see about this week. I, I don't know if it's going to be this week or next week. We, we'll have to figure it out. But um, definitely, I have. You a, know, it, the days this week though. I know. Okay, I'm just checking. What is that? Thursday? I think so. Thursday. Someone's birthday's Thursday. How old are you going to be? Forty um, two. Hang on. 48 48 yeah awesome 48 turn 48 good for Thursday, you yeah. good yeah. for you so i 40, make craig 80. a german chocolate cake every year for his birthday and well the one year okay <laughs> here we go i was i waited i was in and dublin. i waited and i waited i was in dublin methodist on your like, birthday and after Christian's my birthday. birthday yeah i know it was nope. sad for both of us it was sad <laughs> I would have rather been making a German chocolate I know, cake right? than being where I was. But, um, but no, I've got to make a cake for you. I've got to make a cake for Christian coming up because his birthday's Sunday. Does he like German chocolate? He actually has requested chocolate on chocolate. So chocolate really? cake, chocolate icing. Really? Yeah. Which is a good combination. Yeah, too. you can't bad. go wrong with yeah. chocolate, chocolate. Yeah, not bad. But can't go wrong German chocolate. You can't though. go wrong with German chocolate either. I'm I'm a coconut fan. See, here's my thing. Your dad likes German chocolate, right? Yes. So here was my thinking that you make it this week for me, and then I'll have a piece, and then you keep it, and then your dad can eat the rest of it while he's here. I'll see what we can do. Because your dad, he would enjoy a piece of my birthday cake. I bet he would. I bet he would. I will see what I can do. <laughs> Don't rush I, yourself. No, I've got time. I, I've I'm got used, nothing I, but I'm time. Used, I'm used to getting here's it a the, couple months later. Here's the deal. I will make your cake this week. You can run around and gather up all the microphones and mic stands Dude. and mic cables and cords and, and HDMI cables and get everything that's, ready. That's over my pay grade. It's over my pay grade. I, okay, let's, okay, I'm going to be honest and I'm not looking for sympathy. So like, I, I'm not asking for anybody to feel sorry for me, but I love the fair service, but the fair service week is one of the most stressful weeks for me because there's so much behind the scenes that goes into it that people just don't understand. They show up to the fair service, right? And it just works, right? The screens work, the sound works, everything's great. It's a wonderful atmosphere. Would everybody tell, when you see Brandon, tell him thank you. Yeah, I'm not looking for that, but I'm just saying just like, tell him thank you. it stresses Give me. Give him a huge hug, kiss him straight on the forehead and say, Thank you. It just Thank it you. stresses me out because it's like, oh, what am I? For, I'm always feeling like, like I'm forgetting. Were you something. stressed out the year you weren't here? A little bit, because it was fine. It was fine. fine. And then I, so maybe let's. Oh, you know what? I'm going to double Methodist. I'm going to double Methodist. <laughs> Somebody else can do it. You know what? You'll do. And fine. then I'll show up It'll Sunday morning and lead. How about that? Right. That sounds great to me. Here, we need a tech team. <laughs> we got it. Okay, well, we need a tech team that does all that stuff that I oh, do. Oh, okay, gotcha. Well, you put that together for next year, and I bet they'll do it. Exactly, <laughs> right? It would still stress me out. Like, did they do it right? Because I know how I would do it, and it's a control thing. I'm a man. You know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, got to have the control. Do you? Sometimes. On things like that, yes. So, again, not looking. Again, when you see Brandon. Not looking for sympathy. 
giving the fist bump. Just know that if you see me this week and, and I look frazzled, that's why. So, um, you tell you what, you don't have to do my cake this week then. No, I'm going to now. Mm -mm. It, It actually, honestly, the more we do the fair service, it gets easier and easier. Yeah. That's if you show up thinking about it okay <laughs> <coughs> yeah right <laughs> oh man no it'll be good it's always good and um everybody um you know um i, I don't think people really do appreciate um you know all the things that go into that for sure and and, and again like i said and you know what it just honestly is what it is. i don't know if they i don't know if this is the right i don't know how to say this Tactfully. Correctly, yeah, but <laughs> I don't know if it's on them to appreciate. No, absolutely. Uh, because we, I think that we want them to come we to want worship them, exactly. to get out of the element of, number one, if you're just getting out of the element of coming to church here, it's, you're in a different atmosphere mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and God's going to work differently than if exactly. we did the same exact service here in this building. 100%. And so then we're also going to get the different atmosphere of new people coming in yep. and people wandering up, even if they don't stay the whole time, maybe they'll hear something, something yep. sad. Exactly. Whatever. Uh, it's just the entire atmosphere. Exactly. But, um, you know, I do appreciate everything that everybody does, especially mm-hmm. what you do. And I know how much work it was because, um, you know, there was like a lot of people. I mean, what year was that? Two years ago? 2021. Yeah. Well, it seems like a lot, excuse me, a lot longer than that. Yeah. That's two years ago. So. And that two years ago. Yeah. But there were, there was a lot of people chipped in to that and. Oh yeah, helped out and it'll go well. And um, you got your everybody's set to sing. And are you practicing here? We're going to practice here in the sanctuary, yeah. but with the setup that we're going to use on Sunday morning. So I'll have to get everything ready to go in there, and then I will have to from that point I'll have to uh, go ahead and uh, pack everything up and get it ready. But it'll be all good. Looking forward to it. It will be good. Are you, awake? Very, are you awake over there? I'm very awake. Okay. <laughs> I'm very awake. Oh. So, um, Sunday. Low attendance. Mm-hmm. But it's always low the week before the fair. I have no idea why. Um, you can almost gauge the, uh, this church's attendance by what's taking place in the life of the community here. And oh, yeah. With the Honda shut down and with this and with that and ball the and fair farming. Up and and you can almost guess what the attendance is going to be. And then there's like, I don't know, 20 weeks of that where you know it's going to be really good. Yeah. And 22 weeks where it's going to be good. So, uh, but, um, I'm, I heard it went well. It was good. It was good. Yeah. Everything went, went smoothly. And so that's good. There just weren't that many people here. It'll change. It will change. Yeah. Yep. Just that time of year. Yeah. So, but no, it was, it was good. It was a good day. The, like I, like you said, uh, Jocelyn and, and Christy and and Linda and Jeff did a great job and appreciated them. So, so you, um, your thing was, are you lost yesterday? Are you lost? Yeah. And, um, you started off a question, have have you ever been lost? Yeah. Have you ever been lost? Yes. You, you care to share about it? I, we actually lost Dustin one time. Oh, no. In the How old was he? Three. Oh, my. Four. Three. Uh, we were at Forest Fair Mall in Cincinnati. That's when the thing was hopping. I don't know if you've ever been there or not. No. They have an amusement park. It's one of those where there's a gigantic amusement park in the middle of the mall. And so, oh yeah. And so we were, uh, this is uh, about 1992, uh, 91, 92, 92. And so he, um, 
I went to buy tickets for some of the rides for him, and I, Anita and I still don't agree with how they got lost, <laughs> even today. <laughs> to this day. So I'm going to just tell you what I think, and she'll tell you. If you can ask her what she thinks. I'm going to. Um, but I thought I told her that you need to stab Dustin with you. She thought I had Dustin. So when I got back with the tickets, I'm like, where's Dustin? She's like, well, he's with you. And I'm like, I don't have him. He's with you. Well, that sends a panic. I mean, when you're, when you think you lost your three year old and this is not like, um, we're not talking like amusement park crowd, but we're talking, this is a huge crowd in here. So right. I'm starting to panic and I don't want to panic because I just want to yell, Hey, everybody, just everybody stop. Just stop. I, I'm, I lost my son and, and all that. So, um, I went around this bend and, um, I see, um, a security guard at the security desk. And, um, he is spinning the chair. And when he spun the chair around, Dustin was sitting in the oh chair. Oh my. And so I ran up to the security desk and I went, he's mine. And he went, he just looked at me and he went, is he? And I was like, he is mine. And then Dustin was like, daddy. And I was like, I said, come here, buddy, buddy. I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, he, I, I thought my wife had him. He thought I had it. He's just looking at me like, like the security guard. If right. his looks could have killed. I would have been dead right. like, uh, literally, you know, it was 33 years ago. So, yeah. but, and that happens though. I mean, yeah. it does happen, but it's, it's scary. But no, I have been lost too. I've gotten lost prior to do, when we had GPSs and yep. remember you used to print your maps out or that's what I, I talked about that. And yeah. Talked and about, even before you printed the maps out, you would go with a map, but yep. a, ma- a road wasn't on the map. Uh huh. And so you're like, where are we at? This road's not yeah. even on the map. Do you carry an atlas in your truck today? I don't in the van. I do. I I carry one, but it's in the van. Okay, yeah. So. I've got to find mine. I don't know what happened. But to not it, all the roads are on to, there. No, not all the roads are on there, especially no. if you get an older Atlas. But, yeah. But yeah, I used to carry. I mean, when I started driving, I had an Atlas in my car all the time. Yeah. And that's what I said yesterday. It's like, okay, anybody younger than me, if you need to, go home and ask your parents what what's an Atlas. <laughs> right. So, but they used to be huge. Yeah, they're not as huge today, but now, man, they used to be three feet long. Yeah, exactly. No, we, we did that. Um, but I, I talked about, um, our hiking trip in right. college when, when we went and hiked the Appalachian Trail in Southern Virginia. And our professor blindfolded us about 30 to 45 minutes before we got to where he was going to drop us off. Right. And then he drops us off and we had about two and a half to three and a half miles to hike from where he dropped us. And we had to find our way to the Appalachian Trail. Like we had to cut across this farmer's pasture. Thankfully, we didn't get charged by a cow or a bull or anything. And then we hit into the National Forest land. But we had to work together to read the topo maps that we had and everything because we had no idea where he had dropped us. We just knew that once we were able to – Where was that? It was in Southern Virginia. And what was the name of the, the Appalachian Trail? Never heard of it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you may have, you I've may heard have, of the Appalachian. You may have heard of that one. It's the same one, but okay. it's just pronounced the correct way of uh, Appalachian. Okay. Um, but anyway, so once, once we kind of got there, we, we had to figure out where we were by reading the topo maps and the, you know, because we weren't able to see road signs on the way. Right, we right. Told us. We weren't right. able to see, you know, um, geographical markers, bridges, mountains, anything like that. And so we had to work together to read the topo maps, put everything that we had learned in the class to use to be able to find our way to the trail. It took us over a half a day. And, um, but it was, it was an awesome experience. And then we ended up having to, once we hit the trail, we hiked south and we had about 32, 33 miles of hiking on the trail to get to the destination. We had two and a half days to do that to get to our destination that our professor was going to pick us up at. And let's just say that some of the people, in my class 
weren't prepared for the trip. Mm. Like we had one guy that was wearing a brand new pair of Rocky hunting boots. After the first day of hiking, he had blisters that were awful. Like that is not the best thing to wear. And we just had some people that just, they weren't ready for the trip because there's a lot of elevation change on the Appalachian Trail, a lot of elevation change, especially there where we were. And so to make a long story short, we ended up the night before, the evening, the afternoon before, I guess, we kind of huddled up. We had to figure something out because we were still 11 miles away okay. from where our professor was going to meet us. There were some in our group that just weren't going to be able to make it, like wasn't going to cut it. So we got to a, a crossing of a road, and we decided that my buddy and I were going to unload our backpacks, take only what we needed, and – hike the rest of the way by ourselves camp at the destination that night and meet our professor the next morning and go back and pick everybody else up like we knew where they were right and and so we did that my buddy and i hiked 11 and a half miles oh wow or 11 miles in two and a half hours that's pretty good yeah like at one point we we're down in this that's really good we're down in this valley and it got super warm and so we're like stripping our long sleeve shirts off and throwing them in the backpack and we're like t-shirts we hike up the ridge and we hit this like two mile ridge that runs across this mountaintop there was ice on it where it had just like our elevation changed so much that it went from being super uh, muggy and hot to ice um for like two miles straight (laughs) and it it was awesome it it was a neat experience that's good yeah and, and as I can see, you got out. I got out. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's just, yeah, memories, <laughs> memories. But anyway, so that, that just reminded me of that because, you know, we started off trail. We didn't know where we were. Our professor knew where we were and he didn't give us really any direction. He's like, it's not that way. And kind of pointed right. behind him. Like we had this vast land in front of us. And, and so I, I asked this question. I was like, are you lost today? Or to better ask. Are you wondering? Because the Israelites, as I look at them, they technically weren't lost. They didn't know where they were, but God was the one that was leading them. Right. And they weren't lost because God knew exactly where they were, but because of their disobedience, um, because of their poor decisions, God allowed them to wander through the wilderness for 40 years. Um, a lot, a couple weeks trips turns into, oh, sorry. Yep. Turns into 40. I just kicked him right in the shin You're good. or something. No, it was so. my foot. You're good. Um, I, um, but yeah, it took a short trip and turns it into yeah. this long trip. And so, yeah, right. They're not really lost, but they are wondering. And, um, I wonder if that's how a lot of us are. Oh, and, and that's, are we wondering or, I mean, are we lost? Are we wondering? Is right. it, where's, where's the, where's the dividing line? Are mm-hmm. those the same things? Are those two different things? Um, you know what I mean? Where, yeah. where's the, where's the line at? Right. On that. And, so. and, and here's the truth. And we'll, we'll talk about this here in a little bit, but. We are going to go through times of wilderness seasons in our life. Like that's, right. that's going to happen. We, we can't oh, always yeah. control that. But the question is, is how we respond because right. it was the Israelites response and their unbelief and, and their mm-hmm, disobedience mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that caused God to allow them to wander through the wilderness for exactly. 20 years. And you're right. You know, two weeks is what it should have taken. And, and granted, they had a huge caravan. They had a ton of people. They had everything. They had, you know, women, children, old men, young men, everybody. And so it's going to take them probably a little longer than that just because of the, the group that they had. But yeah, most Bible scholars are saying somewhere between what, 12 and 18 days, right around that two week period is what it should have taken. So it's a, it's like a 2 million people, right? Right. Um, am, with, I, am I correct? With livestock and, and everything else. It's like um, 
It could be more than that, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking a lot of people. A lot of people. I mean, we're not talking about, you know, hey, uh, we're going to herd this group of 40 people into the wilderness and into right. the you know, right. promised land. We're talking, um, what a, I wouldn't even, I mean, we're talking about downtown Cincinnati is like a million and a half. Right. It's like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're talking about. Right. That's a lot of people. Yeah. And that's hard for us to comprehend. Yeah. You know, thinking of that. Yeah. So I read this in Exodus 19, 1 through 8, and I'm not going to read it all, um, but it says, verse 1, exactly two months after the Israelites left Egypt, they arrived in the wilderness of Sinai. And so I, I asked, I said, you know, I know that you may be thinking, wait a minute, you said it was a two-week journey from Egypt to the promised land. How come it took them two weeks or two months to get from Egypt to the wilderness of Sinai? And and we kind of circled around back to that at the very end. But Moses... um Climb the mountain, and God tells him um, some certain things to go back to give these instructions to the the Israelites. And in verse 7, it says, So Moses returned from the mountain and called together the elders of the people and told them everything the Lord had commanded him. And the people responded together, We will do everything the Lord has commanded. So Moses brought the answer back to the Lord. And, and so that that response from the people is so crazy because they're like okay yeah we're, we're gonna do everything the lord has commanded and we we know that to be a lie it's like if right they, right it's like if they were to you know on murray or something it's like um you said this that in fact the lie detector test showed that to be a lie exactly exactly um, is murray still a thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> our, jerry springer are you you know, when you think about, when you think about that, that, um, the comment, what was the exact word and how that was worded? It said, we will do, uh, we will everything. do everything the Lord has commanded. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this, this is a group of people who fundamentally have been waiting on, um, they really haven't heard from God in over, over 400, 400 years. years. Yeah. And they've been slaves for just about as long, correct? Yeah. Almost, yes. And so, we're looking at a group of people who have very, who are very dedicated to God, who've been waiting on God, who've been waiting on a release, who've been waiting to hear from God, and they hear from God. So they're saying, huh, we're going to do everything the Lord has told us. Right. And we know that's not true. Right. After you've already been waiting to hear well, from God. Well, even up to that point, since they, they left Egypt, they, they'd not obeyed that. Exactly. Um, so my, my whole thing is, is the, when we talk about the Israelites, we're like, oh, these are so, you know, these are so, uh, these guys are so, uh, you know, lame brain they're so idiotic why why are they like that well if i could just be honest with you and um the israelites and i think us mirror each other we do we are the same people yeah we may be from two different areas of the globe but we are identically the same people yeah we say that we love god we say that we're going to do everything that god wants us to do but do you no do i no do everybody who's listening and and that's and that's the thing that you have to realize is that you know people are people right and the beauty of God and the beauty of the grace of God is that God understands that. Right. But what he wants is he wants your heart. Exactly. And so, you know, the Israelites, it's like God sifts through that. It's right. like God is sifting through that. And, um, but it's a, it's a, it's a unique response from a people who radically do not do that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I said. It's like we see that to be alive because Moses, you know, shortly after heads back up the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments and they're like, well, Moses has been gone forever. He must not be coming back. Right. Um, so let's make our own gods that are going to lead us out of this land. And and it's like that. that is 
one of the main reasons why I get so frustrated when I read the accounts of the Israelites. It's like, you know, why would they have any reason to doubt God? They've seen God do the, the plagues in Egypt. They saw God part the Red Sea. Up to this point already, God's provided for their needs with manna and quail, and he's given them fresh water to drink, mm-hmm. and he's give, turned, you know, bitter water into good water for them to drink. And it's like, why would they have any reason to doubt God? But then at the same time, it's like, wow. If I could look back and see all the things that God has done for me in my life and the times that God has showed up, even when right. I haven't deserved it, I have no reason to doubt God either. But guess what? You do. I do. Yeah, we're going to talk about that later. Yes, we will. Exactly. But just me and you, like after <laughs> just, we're yeah, done. Me. Right. Yeah, let's just do it. Let's all get it right. over with. <laughs> and I said this, but not only, you know, not only that, but God has already promised the land that he's going to give them. And he's told mm-hmm. them how great the land's going to be. And he's told them that he personally is going to drive out the inhabitants of that land. It's like, what else could they want? Um, and, and that's the thing. God's God, God says when God says that he, he's going to do it. And exactly. so if God tells us in his word that this is it, then we need to trust that. Right. So again, we're no different from anybody else. And, you know, there's, there's, we see the foes today. We see the foes in our own life and it, it boils down to my heart and my trust for God. Right. Do I trust God? Now, I know that there's going to be uh, a giddy-up, a, a hiccup, whatever it is right. that's going to – but you can't live there. The Israelites were moving into a a pattern of living there, right. that of comfortability. And right. you know, you, when you see their whole story, yep. you realize that's what they were. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they found – it's almost like they thought they were free being slaves. Exactly. And so, but they totally were not only just slaves physically, but now we're finding out that they're slaves um, spiritually, mm-hmm. and um, this is a bad place to be. It is, and I think that you and I, and people who um, call themselves Christians, we can get into that too. We can bind ourselves to slavery to something that right. takes us away from God. And exactly. So that's what they're doing. That's exactly what they did. And so I, I looked at two different traps that the Israelites fell into. The main two traps that I believe caused God to allow them to wander in in the wilderness for 40 years. And that's what I said. You know, we have to understand that God allowed them to do that. And it was because of their decision that he allowed them to do that. He didn't make them do that. Their mm-hmm. decision made them do that. It wasn't God. God was ready to give them the land right then. Right. All all they needed to do was be obedient and to trust right, him. Right. But they weren't. And so that first trap that they fell into was the trap of disobedience. Um, you know, we look back in Exodus 19. The people are like, we're going to do everything that the Lord has commanded us to do. And it didn't take very long for them to say that to, right. to going to the flip side of saying, oh, well, Moses is never coming back. Let's create our own gods. Right. And so they they go to disobedience and you have down grumbling. Yeah. So there are two areas of disobedience. The first was grumbling. They grumbling complained. Is. They were like little babies. Like you look back at like at, at some of the things that they said, like you talked about, about they were making Egypt out to be so great. Like, oh, we had it so much better back in Egypt. Why'd you bring us out here into the desert to die? It's kind of like a, it's like church today. It People is. Church. Oh, it was so great back in the fifties. It was so, it was so great the way we used to do it. Uh huh. I bet not. Right. And so I said, you know, for us parents in the room, we can probably relate. Like you yeah. and I've talked about this a lot of like, poor Moses. Oh, like Moses, like I understand why he got ticked off and crushed oh. the tablets because it's like, you know, you're in a store with your kid and they come up to you and it may be something simple like a candy bar. It's like, hey, dad, can I have this candy bar? No, bud, not today. 
but I want it. I, why not? And they, they continue to whine and grumble and maybe they get louder and maybe they turn on the waterworks and start to cry a little bit. And, you know, for some kids, they may lay on the floor and throw a temper tantrum until some of the parents are finally like, okay, shh, shh, shh. Hey, hey, stop, stop crying. Stop, stop acting like this and you can have it. And essentially, you know, that's kind of what God does. God breaks. He's like, fine. I'll give it to you. Just quit whining. Right, right. We read that in Exodus 15, verses 22 through 25. Then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea, and they moved out into the desert of Shur. They traveled in the in this desert for three days without finding any water. When they came to the oasis of Mara, the water was too bitter to drink, so the people called it Mara, called the place Mara, which means bitter. Then the people complained and turned against Moses. What are we going to drink, they demanded. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. Moses threw it into the water, and this made the water good to drink. That's a, that's a good story. The people, yeah, the people had seen God do so many amazing so things. So many things. And they still grumble. They still complain. It's like they, I'm not sure exactly how long after they crossed the Red Sea, but God just parted water for you to walk across on dry land. You Don't know, you think he can give you water to drink? It's the old adage that you've heard people say for years. Um, you know, the Israelites, how can they do this? How can they complain? How can they go south? Because they're literally physically seeing God move. Pillar of fire, pillar of right. cloud, the Red right. Sea. They're seeing, they saw the plagues. They saw mm-hmm. everything. How can they be so crazy and not see that God's moving? And on the other hand, then I, ha- I heard the same person say, the Israelites would look at us and be, how could you guys be right. so crazy? You've got the promises of God. you got the entire we, we story. We know the rest of the story, yeah. You know what Jesus Christ has done. You know what's waiting for you. How can you be so crazy? Exactly. Um, it, 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 you know what it is? People are people. Exactly. People are people, and we do people things, mm-hmm. and, and it's not good. And that's why we have to go deeper in our lives to get to a certain point where we're not just relying on what we see, what we feel, um, but we're relying on what God, what we know the facts about God. Exactly. We don't do that now. The Israelites mm-hmm. weren't doing that then. They were, were what are we going to drink? Yeah. What, what, uh, uh, how's this going to work out? Exactly. Well, he just parted the Red Sea so you could escape. Uh-huh. I don't think my last thing I'm going to worry about is water. And here's the deal. I said this. You know, they weren't traveling where they wanted to, right? And you just said it. God led them during the day with a pillar of cloud. And at night when they were to move, he led them with a a pillar of fire. God – so God led them to Mara. Was God surprised that the water was bitter? In the very next chapter – um, Exodus 16, that's what I said. It's like chapter after chapter after chapter. Right. 15, 16, 17, we see grumbling and complaining. Um, they went into the wilderness of Sin. Um, they arrived there and they complained against Moses and Aaron saying, if only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into the wilderness to starve us to death. And so God gives them quail and manna. And so they're, they're, they're actually liars. They didn't sit around with pots Not of at meat all. and bread. These folks, are you ready? Were working 16 to 18 mm-hmm. hours a day. Making and, bricks. And making bricks. And guess what? They weren't even given all the supplies to make bricks nope. toward the end. Exactly. And they still had to make the same amount of bricks. Yep. Because um, Pharaoh was making life tough on them. Exactly. And so they didn't sit around all day with pots of meat and bread. Sounds like a great plan, though. It does. It Doesn't does. It? And then in Exodus 17, there they um, – they enter, they eventually they came. And, and again, I love this reminder at the Lord's command. 
the whole community of Israel left the wilderness of Sin and moved to a place, from place to place. So at the Lord's command, they moved. Um, and there they complained against Moses and said, give us water to drink. Quiet, Moses replied, why are you complaining against me? And why are you testing the Lord? But tormented by thirst, they continued to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Are you trying to kill us, our children, and our livestock with thirst? And this moment right here is, is actually one of the reasons why Moses is not allowed to enter the promised land. I didn't go into that yesterday, but this is another this is another one of those moments where Moses gets ticked at the people. God tells him to to strike the to hit the rock with his staff or to touch the rock with his staff. And what does Moses do? Moses is like Wah, bam, and like exactly. he just gets so frustrated that he smacks the rock with the staff. Water flows out. And it provides for their thirst. But it's like... Moses is so ticked off at this point. He's like seeing red. And um, I have this... I have a couple of friends and I would sit around and talk about Moses at yeah. this point. He, we're always like, if there were swear words there, back in the day, right? Moses, Moses would have used, Moses would've used all them. All of them. No doubt. Absolutely. He would have riddled them off. You want your water? Here it is. Yeah, exactly. It would have been ripped off. So. 100%. <laughs> but, but again... God was the one. At the Lord's command, the whole community of Israel left the wilderness of Sin. They moved from place to place. Was God unaware that there was no water here? No, God no. understood that. All they needed to do was ask. But what did they do? They complained. They grumbled. And, that, and this is the picture of the Israelites that is really difficult uh, to understand. Again, you, you, if you know the history of the Israelites, you'll know that they've been waiting to hear from God for 400 years. And they've been waiting and waiting with almost desperation to right, hear from right. God and to watch God move. They haven't heard anything. So you know that generations have come and gone and not heard anything from God. But they right. continue to follow God and to do what God wanted to do. But the minute that they're released... Right. They start to not follow God. Right. It makes zero sense to me at all why yeah. that would happen, but it did. Kind of like us, you know. Exactly. 100%. Well, the second area of disobedience that I said was idol worship. And I said, you know, if you've been around church for any amount of time, you've probably heard the story of the golden calf. And so I gave a cliff noted version. Um, and then I also promote our next sermon series written in stone that's going to take place starting September 17th. But, um, we oh, seem- I didn't know that. You didn't know that? No, yeah, you didn't know that. We went back, uh, Moses goes back up on Mount Sinai, um, with God to receive the Ten Commandments so he can bring back to people. The speculation is that he is gone for about 40 days because after he comes back the first time and they make the golden calf and he gets mad at them again and crushes those tablets again, again, he's got to go back up the mountain to, he, he chisels out two new tablets. He goes, <laughs> you, you, uh, Moses going up for it again. Uh, God, uh, sorry. I, <laughs> right. You know that first one that you right. gave me? I broke him. I, I tripped. And guys like, no, you didn't. Um, but anyway, so we see in Exodus 14, the second time he ascends the mountain to receive those tablets, he's gone for 40 days and 40 nights. And so not sure exactly. Some Bibles actually say in verse 32 or uh, chapter 32 that he's gone for 40 days the first time. I couldn't find that. Right. Um, but there were people saying that. And he leaves his brother. <laughs> Who has to be one of the weakest humans ever? Literally. Like he had no backbone, backbone, no courage, no I mean, strength. If there was starch invented back in the day, that was the only thing holding that guy up. Right. I mean, he has zero backbone. Apparently, he was good with words. Like that was his strength. <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. But in Exodus 32, 1 through 5, we see this take place. When the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Come on, they said, make us some gods who can lead us. 
And then I love this line right here. This is so funny. They're talking to Moses' brother, Aaron. They says, we don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses. Yeah, where did he go? It's like, <laughs> this fellow's Aaron's brother. So Aaron said, take the gold rings from the ears of your wives, your sons and daughters. Bring them to me. And all the people took the gold rings from their ears, brought them to Aaron. Then Aaron took the gold, melted it down, and molded it into the shape of a calf. When the people saw it, they exclaimed, oh, Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Aaron saw how excited the people were, so he built an altar in front of the calf, and then he announced tomorrow will be a festival for the Lord. And at this point up on the mountain, God's like, hey, you need to go down because the people you led out of Egypt, um, they've, they're have they going awry. And what Moses finds is amazing. Hmm. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going on down there. I don't know about amazing, but... No, not amazing. Right. I mean, but it's amazing that they would allow this to happen. This is the same people who've been waiting. This is always this one. 400 years and they've waited and they've said sacrifices and they've prayed and they're waiting here and now they create a golden calf and now on top of that there's all kinds of stuff going on around this golden uh, exactly calf. And, and so here's the deal is aaron wasn't able to make and, and i guess i've not really thought about this up until this point aaron wasn't able to make the golden calf in a day i'm assuming i'm assuming not i mean it's gonna I mean, take it's gonna go i mean go melts down pretty fast but you does but but you got to set it up you got to set it up and to create it into this image so say moses is gone for 40 days they they didn't they didn't start making this calf on day 38 no you know so how 20 days moses was gone before they started making the calf before they were like hey moses ain't coming back 15 days i don't i don't know what that timeline was but it's like wow you didn't wait really at all and so moses comes Wait, down two and a half weeks of, let's say it tops so it's so and i didn't go into this i don't know if you're going to talk about it but when i was reading back through this account this fascinated me because i forgot <laughs> i forgot the measures that moses took when he comes down off the mountains like you remember being told in sunday school you right. know like the little flannel graphs and all that stuff about moses breaking the i love flannel graphs right um he broke the, the tablets and whatnot but it goes a little bit deeper than this. Moses goes off and he takes the golden calf and he melts it down. Then he grinds it up. He throws it in water and he pretty much makes, makes them, them drink, drink it. it. And he's like, you created it. You drink it. Do you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. Moses might be my fi- favorite dude in the Bible. <laughs> it's like something you see like in, in like olden days in the army, like, exactly. like a drill sergeant. Exactly. Like this is like something Clint Eastwood would do. Exactly. 100%. So, but again, I said, you know, that didn't take very long for Moses, for, for the people to go from, hey, we're going to follow everything the Lord has said to, where'd Moses go? Let's create our own gods. Exactly. And doing other things around and, this other God. Yes. 100%. I mean, it's, it's not good. But we wouldn't follow into, fall into that trap of disobedience, will we? No. <laughs> and here's what I said. It's like, you know what? Idol worship may be the biggest way that Satan can trap us today. We're not going to worship maybe a golden idol. At least I hope not. If we do, we may have even bigger issues. But we've got things in our lives every single day that can become an idol if we allow them to. And I'm not going to steal a whole lot of your thunder because I know you're going to be talking right, about this. Right, right, right. I mean, it's, it is, it is what it is. I mean, we, we say that we, you know, we come to church. We say that, hey, well, this is what we have to do. But, um, uh, let's just be honest. Um, people put, things above God, right? They put everything above yeah. God almost. I mean, they'll put a building, a church, they'll put a family member, they'll put a minister, they'll mm-hmm. put, um, they'll put this sports team. Exactly. A hobby. I mean, let's not even let, yeah. I mean, uh, one of the biggest idols that I see today is, and you and I were talking about mm-hmm. this before we went on. Yep. You could be an idol. 
you you can be an idol to yourself, to yeah. your needs, to your wants, to your desires, and you become you become like your own god. Right. And what you choose, what's right and wrong. And that's what people do. Exactly. They pick and choose what they want in God's word, and they toss the rest yeah. of it. So now, guess what? You become your own idol. And our culture promotes that. I mean, for the last twenty years, we've had American Idol. <laughs> right. You know, it's like wow. You're just setting them up for failure. And you know, you're even like your, your children can be your idol. Exactly. Uh, that's what I said. You don't want to discipline them. You don't want to help them. Yep. You don't want to help them grow. There, you let, and, and I know that, I know this is going to hit a lot of people. And I know that if you, if you get offended, don't pray about it. Yeah. Just <laughs> don't, don't get offended. Allow God to work. Some, some people run from one sporting event to the next. I mean, yep. we're talking soccer, then baseball, then football, or mm-hmm. basketball, whatever else, tiddlywinks, yep. whatever. And they go from one, they have their kids in one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. And all you're doing is running. God did not create you to do that. Absolutely. You're like, well, I want my kids to have the best, you know, whatever. You know what? Your kids need Jesus exactly. Christ. That's the period, most important thing. End of the discussion. Mm-hmm. They don't, well, what about their social skills? You know what? Really? Have you seen the social skills of some of these kids today? I mean, yeah, literally. Listen to some of the interviews after a college exactly. sporting event. Exactly. They need Jesus Christ. Yep. And that's all they need. Exactly. And there used to be a song that we used to sing as a whole one. So going way back. Oh, here we go. It's like, um, uh, I think the thing is that Christ is all I need. He's all I need. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Okay. And I don't remember all the words, but I do remember that that's a good, because it's true. Yep. Jesus is all I need. It's kind of like, well, I have Jesus, but I'm going to add this. No, exactly. no, 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 no. I, you can't, it's not that you can't There's, have those right. things. It's not, but it's not Christ plus no. anything. And that's what we do. It's like, and it's almost like we add Christ onto our life instead of, Christ being the motivation behind exactly. our life. And so if if anything gets in your way, it's an idol. Right. I hate to tell you, mm-hmm. you are an idol worshiper. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, you either are going to do this 100% or you're not. Right. And I'm not saying you got to be perfect. I'm not going to say you're going to mess up because you will, and you're not going to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. We're not talking about perfection. We're talking about, you know, being holy, we're talking about following God, obedience, we're about putting yeah. Jesus Christ first. Yeah, we're talking about obedience. That's that's what we're talking about. Yeah, and that's what I said. You know, none of those things are necessarily bad in and of themselves. No. But when we take them and we we make them um, higher, we place them. They receive more honor in our lives than God does. Um, then we've created a new God, little G. We've created a new God. For the Israelites, it was a golden calf. But for us, it may be a little more subtle than that. It may be a, a job, a hobby, a sporting event, a sports team, a spouse, a kid the you know the way we do church service the style of our our music um the the building that we we meet in the room that we meet in whatever it is those can all become idols if we place them above god in our life and they get more honor than god does exactly um and so yeah by the way you mentioned a bunch of different sports did you know that i was almost drafted into the national tiddlywinks team you you mentioned tiddlywinks so and I did not know I that. I haven't heard that in a while. That's I haven't heard that at all. Uh, you, you said that. I, I know I said that, but I didn't know you had been. Oh yeah, no, yeah, that's a lie. I can't. Oh, I was say like, that. dude, I'm like, have you ever played Tiddlywinks? It's been a long time. A long time. Yeah. Well, you know what? We should do that here. Let's do it. We do it on grounded. There, there could be some people <laughs> looking up what is Twist Tiddlywinks. Tiddlywinks. <laughs> okay. Um, the second trap that the Israelites fell into was the trap of unbelief. So they were disobedient. And they were not believing. Don't you think it happens when you don't trust God, though? Yep. When it you, goes you, hand in hand. Yeah. 
Yeah, one hundred percent. And so we fast forward into the book of Numbers, and again, I gave the cliff noted version. Numbers thirteen, God tells Moses to send out twelve spies into the land of Canaan. This was uh, part of the land that He had promised to give them. Um, He promised to um, drive out the inhabitants. These twelve spies were supposed to go into the land for forty days to return with a report. And um, we see them return back in Numbers 13, and they give this report. They said, you know, we entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here's the kind of fruit it produces. And so they brought back the fruit that it produced. In verse 28, it says, but the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Negev, and the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb tried to quiet the people. You know, they're trying to, mm-hmm, to spread mm-hmm. this story of like, you know, yeah, it's good, but it's scary. We can't do it. We're not big enough. We're not strong enough. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. And so Caleb knew that, hey, God is God is on our side. God is for us. In verse 31, but the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land, and they pretty much said, you know, hey, you know, it's not that great. Mm -hmm. The land's going to devour anybody that goes to try to live there, and they're huge people there. And so the people believed them. And so even though God had promised to give them this land, even though God had promised to, um, to drive out the people that were living there, they were unbelieving. They didn't believe that it was possible. They didn't believe that God could do it. I think it's interesting when you look at verse 31, it says, we can't go up against them. Mm -hmm. They are stronger than us. Right. God never said that they were the ones that had to go up against them, did he? No. And um, it's amazing what your fear and your emotions and your um, distrust of God will lead you down a road to, right. which is 100% um, unbelief. Yep. And, and I think that you're seeing that. It, and, and again, I, I, I can't – it's hard for me to comprehend this is the same group of people who were in slaves, who, who sacrificed, yep. who kept these things, who waited on God. But this is where, what we're seeing. It's amazing right. how yeah. – I, I, it's, it's, it's the – it's a story of – um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde exactly. is what this is. I, I mean, these two are two totally different groups of people, mm-hmm. and but they're the same. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, the, you're right about that. The unbelief is is, yep. is... And so because of their unbelief, we see God punish them. In Numbers 14, God's pretty much like, you know what, Moses? I'm done with these people. I am tired of them grumbling and complaining because here again they were grumbling and complaining again. Moses is like, finally, he's on my side. <laughs> exactly. But he's like, I'm wiping them all out. I'm killing them all. And Moses, I will turn you into a great nation. Um, but Moses kind of goes to bat for the people. He intercedes on their behalf, and um, God changes his mind, but not before punishing them. And we read this in Numbers 14. Verses 20 through 22, then the Lord said, I will pardon them as you requested, but as surely as I live and as surely as the earth is filled with the Lord's glory, not one of these people will enter the land, will enter that land. They have all seen my glorious presence and the miraculous signs I performed both in Egypt and in the wilderness, but again and again they have tested me by refusing to listen to my voice. Then a few verses down in 28, he says, now tell them this, as surely as I live, declares the Lord. I will do to you the very things I have heard you say. You will all drop dead in the wilderness. (laughs) Because you complained against me, every one of you who is 20 years old or older and was included in the registration will die. You will not enter and occupy the land I swore to give you. The only exceptions are the two that gave the good reports of the land, the two spies, Caleb 
son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, son of Nun. How about it? Moses doesn't even get to enter the, no, the promised land. No, and so doesn't. because of their disobedience, because of their unbelief, they end up wandering through the wilderness for 40 years. For us, we ask the question, is like, are we wandering? Exactly. And you have a couple questions down here. Do you trust me? Do, will you obey me? I did. Those are huge questions, actually. And that's what God was asking the Israelites. But that's the exact same thing that God is asking us today. He wants us to respond because the truth is, here's what I said. Wilderness seasons are going to happen. They're going to come in our into our lives. Oh, yeah. Sometimes they're because of choices that we make. Sometimes they are because of choices that other people make that we have no control over. And then sometimes it's because God is asking us. He's testing us. Right. And he's asking, do you trust me? And will you obey me? And and I, I kind of closed there by talking about why God would allow them to wonder for the first two months when it should have only been a two-week period. He did it to test them, mm-hmm. not to not to tempt them. And I said that God right, is not right. the author of temptation, but God was testing them. He wanted to see how they were going to respond. Right. And um, it's like it's kind of like a you know, parent if if you go and you keep telling your kid day after day after day after day, it's like hey. You need to clean your room. We'll go get ice cream. And every day you look in your kid's room and it's still as messy as it is. Right. But then you hop in the car and you go get ice cream. What does that teach them? Exactly. It, it, nothing. There's no respect. There's no honor there. And that's God was testing them to right. see, are they going to trust me and are they going to obey me? And so we see this Moses before his time is up leading the Israelites in Deuteronomy 8, 2 through 3. He says, remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character found out their character wasn't very good no and to find out whether or not you would obey his command yes he humbled you by letting you go hungry and feeding you with manna a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors and so that happened in those first two mm-hmm, months mm-hmm. along with the, the water incidents that we mentioned and he did he said there he said he did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone rather we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Wow. Sometimes God allows us to go through wilderness times in our life because he wants to know, do we trust him? Are we going to try to lean on him or are we going to try to do it ourselves? And, and above that too, is that when you're going through those times, it is, it is hard. It is hard yeah. to, you want to take the reins. Um, but when you find out that you, you totally trust God and you give yourself to him and you trust him during those wilderness times, mm-hmm. Uh, when you come out through that, right. you're you're so much stronger because what you've seen is you've seen the power of God instead of what exactly. you can do or couldn't do and what God can do in spite of all the things you go through. Exactly. And so I think that's the beauty of God teaching us mm-hmm. through those times because, right. I mean, it's like your kids, like you said. I mean, you're teaching yep. them. You know, you want them strong. You want right. them right. Un- to, to understand that. Exactly. So. Well, and back to your point earlier, too, you know, if the Israelites were alive today and they looked at us, they were like, you have no reason to doubt because you do have the rest of the story. You have the rest exactly. of God's word. You have his promise. You know what Jesus did for you. And and that's the thing is God's asking, you know, will you trust me? Will you obey me? Mm-hmm. How do we do that? We do that by digging into God's word. We do that by spending time in prayer with him. And I said, it's not a coincidence. Early in Jesus's ministry, Jesus goes off into the, the wilderness and He's in the wilderness, and he doesn't eat for how long? 
40 days. You think that's a coincidence that those numbers tie together? No, you know, all the numbers they tie together. Exactly. I said the Bible is so intertwined. And Satan comes to him toward the end of that, and he's like, hey, I know you're hungry. You know, and he tempts him three times, and all three times Jesus refers to Scripture. He says, it is written, but— Three times I'm, that we know of. That we know of. But I love the time where he says, hey, take these rocks and turn them into bread. You haven't eaten for 40 days. You know, you want to your God. You can do it. And Jesus says, it is written, and then he quotes this verse from Deuteronomy. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by yes. every word that comes from the mouth of God. By every word. That's how we conquer wilderness seasons in our lives, by tapping into the word of God, by yes. leaning into him. By you know. And I said it yesterday, second service, I didn't say it first service, but I kind of tapped back into a couple years ago when we went through the book of James. He calls us to know the word. But knowing the word is not good enough. No. We have to apply it. We have to do the you word. You have to do the word. Yeah. Um, and you can't do this by yourself. You you always have no. to. This is where the spirit of God kicks into your life. Exactly. And, uh, where the spirit of God comes in to really, you are under the new leadership of the spirit of God. And so you, you relinquish control. And so hard as that might be, and it gets back to mm-hmm. what you Talk about getting ready for the fair service. You right. know, you want the control. The, right. It's all right. that. Sometimes you just have to allow God to work in. For sure. Uh, because sometimes having the control is not that fun. Right. It's really not sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't want to have the final say on this. Right. But God does. Right. And so, um, I noticed the verse that you used again. From, Did it look familiar? It looked very familiar. <laughs> I, you know what? I was wrapping things up as I was finishing up my sermon and I kind of looked back at that and I thought, you know what? That is absolutely so true. And if only the Israelites would have understood this truth, then they would have entered the promised land way sooner. And all of those who got, you know, who ended up dying in the desert maybe would not have had to go through. And so I'll let you. Um, well, I, it's, a, it's an awesome verse because mm-hmm. if you want to know really how to do things, this. Jesus sums everything up perfectly yep. and clearly. And um, in Matthew nineteen twenty six, it says Jesus looked at them, and intently and said, "Humanly speaking, and I last week and I you did it this week too. Humanly speaking, it means you're coming from the fleshly the flesh, side yeah. of it. It is impossible. So mm-hmm. if you're thinking about it from your point of view, you're never going to get that. But with God, that's the spirit. That's the spirit of God living inside of you. Everything is possible. Yeah." Because now you have a new track, you got a new mind, you got a new heart, you got a new way of living, and so you're you're relinquishing right. the control. And I'm going to tell you something: as sure as if you're listening to this this far, uh, this is the hardest thing that you ever mm-hmm. do in your life. But the minute that you do it, it's going to be the most freeing, the most satisfying. You're, you're going to feel like you had a weight lifted off of you. Absolutely. The minute that you believe the words of Jesus, humanly speaking, it is impossible. Mm-hmm. But with God, everything is possible. You're going to find out it's absolutely true. Absolutely, that Jesus is never going to lead you down a road that you you shouldn't go. So, yep. Um, good stuff, though. Good Thanks. stuff, and um, good job, and you're the man. I try. So we're we're long in the tooth. We are long in the tooth. Well, um, you know, I went over yesterday, so we we so just had to. Today, so, well, we've already talked about the fair service coming up on Sunday. If you didn't get passes, and you need them. 
please call the church. We'll set you up. We want you guys there. Yep. If you need extra for friends or whatever, just let us know. We'll, we'll make sure you have those. Just real quickly, uh, women's Bible studies. We got them starting on Wednesday, September the 6th and another one on Monday, September the 11th. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find all you need to find out about that at richwood.church forward slash women. You can sign up there too. So check that out. Yep. Men's Bible studies are uh, Wednesday night starting back up on September the 20th at 7 okay. p.m. But the week before that, on September 13th, that's a Wednesday as well, um, there's going to be a men's ministry cookout out at the um, shelter house here at RCC. So awesome. 6.30 on that. 6.30 for the cookout on the 13th, and then starting on the 20th um, is going to be 7 o'clock in the upper room. Awesome. And then on um, September the 8th at 6 p.m., out by the fire pit. Um, mm-hmm. It's campfire conversations with women. Um, you can you can show up to that if you have any questions. Um, you can go to richwood.church forward slash women. Also uh, coming up on Sunday, September the 10th, that's uh, two weeks from yesterday, um, our group who went to Honduras this summer is going to just be talking about the trip and telling you a little bit about that. That's going to be, um, again, on September 10th at 9 and 1030. Um, hope you guys show up to, to listen to that. Don't forget Night of Prayer starting back up again on September the 12th at 6 p.m. It's the most also, important thing you'll ever do. Exactly. And it's also out at the RCC fire pit. So there we go. There you go. Also, one more thing is that um, our Bear Fruit Ministry is a, is a prison ministry that has been started here. And um, we, if you'd be interested in signing up to pray for that ministry and pray for some of the inmates, you can do that. You can uh, contact, um, you know, Gina Hunter. We'll or contact the church here, we'll set you on the right path. Um, also, they're collecting Bibles uh, to give to prisoners who don't mm-hmm. have them. This is awesome. Five dollars a Bible. Is five dollars a Bible. That's it. Yep. And um, I mean, it'd be the best five dollars that that you'll ever spend. Uh, and then on September the seventeenth, um, there's going to be an informational meeting on how to help the ministry if you're interested in the prayer room after each service, and that's on September the seventeenth. So I think we got our bases covered. Yep. For the next week or so, and. Um, we won't be back here until September 11th. Yeah. Wow. That's what I say. Wow. Be on a little hiatus. I guess if you uh, get itchy and, and need to listen to a podcast, go back next week and uh, find an old one. But until itchy. then, itchy. Yeah. So we're uh, we're we're <laughs> we're about an hour and eight minutes in. So thank you guys for hanging in there. Exactly. We appreciate you. We enjoy obviously getting together and and recapping this. I don't know about you, Craig, but for me, I I like it because we get to hit different aspects. Yeah, of, we do. Of the message, we have so. a whole different other message. Somehow. Exactly. Same so. thing, but different. I'm glad you're back. I'm glad to be back. Um, no, you're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are. And um, hope to see you guys this. Uh, weekend at the fair and if mm-hmm. we don't see you um hope you guys have a great um labor day and i don't know what you're doing next monday um but whatever you do be safe that's right have a great day mm-hmm.